0: My name is Terry. I'm one of the elders here at, at South Point, and uh, I'm going to be doing a, a, a series. We're going to be kicking off a new series today, a series of, on Jonah, and uh, I will say it's God who brought this series forward, not me. Um, I don't know how long this series is going to go, because obviously we just made some decisions. Um, God, really, God made decisions, and God is going to lead in how we go through this, but for today, we're, t- we're going to just conquer um, Jonah chapter 1, but we're going to do a little backstory on it first just so we set the stage for that. And um, I just ask you want to pray with me for just a moment. Father God, we are going through momentous times at our church, and you are doing a work of preparation. And I would prepare as we go through Jonah… not Jonah, Joshua… Joshua. Wow, I'm sure that that booth was going. What did we switch? We switch passages. Now what we're doing, Joshua. But as we go through Joshua, we recognize that you save, and that you are the God of salvation. You sent your Son to be our Savior, and you sent Joshua to lead his people, lead your people, into your promised land. So open your word for us this morning. Help us see what lessons you'd have for us today and in this place as we move forward as a church and into a new season. We ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, amen. especially the tech team because they're going like, uh-oh, where's the disconnect? It's, it's Joshua, not Jonah, so my apologies there. Um, so today as we look at the book of Jonah um, and we, we start out Jonah, it says Joshua right there. See, for those of you who know me, I'm like an old computer um, in that I joke, I only have 26 memory locations or 26 file drawers, and Jonah and Joshua are in the same file drawer, so I get to, my apologies. Um, We're going to start the book of Joshua. I should make sure I read my notes, shouldn't I? Um, And, yeah, hopefully you're online, uh, have some grace with us as well. Um, well, Let's talk about that name, Joshua. See, names have a lot of symbolism throughout the Bible. Abraham, the father of many. Ariel, well, before she became some mermaid, she was a lion of God. And that was actually another name for the city of Jerusalem. Benjamin, Benjamin means son of the right hand. Dawn means the first appearance of daylight. And Joshua, as we're going to see, lived out means God is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. Joshua, uh, for those who may not be familiar with that book, it's the sixth book of the Old Testament. And it's an account of Joshua's time as leader of Israel after Moses died in the wilderness. Joshua was brought up as an assistant to Moses, he actually came out with Moses from Egypt, and was with Moses through all the time in the wilderness, Joshua and Caleb both. See, Moses was the man who was led by God to lead God's people out of Egypt, and that's recorded in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And he led the, the Israelites through the Red Sea. To Mount Sinai, where the people were given the Ten Commandments. And however, while Moses was there, and Moses had been called by God, led by God, and while he was there at Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments, the people rebelled against God. They built an altar, made a golden calf. For those of you who've seen, you'll seen the, the Ten Commandments, the old movie, you'll brenner did a great job with that. Um, but in that God had compassion. He could have wiped Israel out then for their disobedience, but He chose not to because they were His people. And what we're going to see is over and over again, just like God had compassion on His people, God has compassion on us. We'll jump forward to the book of Numbers. Again, God is leading His people toward His promised land. But before entering, He directed Moses to have 12 men spy out the land of Cana, the promised land which the I Am was giving them. Twelve men were chosen, one each from each tribe of Israel, and two of those spies were Caleb, and at that point, a man called Hosea, which means salvation. But when the spies come back, so the spies go out, and they go um, spy out the land of Cana, the land that God was giving them. And for 40 days, they were there. But when they returned from the land, two of the men, Caleb and Hosea, they had faith in God. Yes, it was a land flowing with milk and honey, but there were, there were people there. And as the other 10 report and were frightened, they were frightened of the men. They were frightened of the task in front of them. And unfortunately, they were more frightened of the task in front of them than the God who would be there for them. And so they reported to Moses as an Aaron, but Joshua and Caleb said, oh, we can do it. We're with God. We can do it. But You see, the people, they got, they got scared. And then the ten, they, they went behind Moses and Aaron and said, oh, we can't do this. The people are too big. And they even wanted to choose a new leader to take them back into bondage in Egypt. Moses and Aaron and Caleb, and a man now called Joshua, the son of Nun, meaning the Lord saves, called on the people not to rebel against God, but to follow His command and go into the promised land. The people, unfortunately, prepared to stone them. And then, as often happens, God intervened, but God. The glory of the Lord appeared from the tent of meeting and God was ready to strike them with pestilence, as He had just done in, in Egypt not that long ago, and disinherit them. And Moses had compassion; and he interceded for the people and asked God to pardon them, according to the greatness of His great love and justice, just as He had forgiven the people when they, since first departing Egypt, and God did. But as oftentimes when we sin against God, yes, He forgives us, but sometimes there's consequences. Just like when we sin against each other, sometimes there's consequences beyond just what mere forgiveness. Yes, I'll forgive you, but maybe the trust of bond has broken. Maybe there's now some other kind of consequence that we're going to have to work through. And unfortunately for the Israelites at that point, because they had disobeyed God, God would then make them wander in the wilderness one year for each day that the spies had had gone out and assessed the land and spied out the land. And in fact, anyone over the age of 20, except Moses and Aaron, Caleb and, uh, and Joshua, they would pass away in the wilderness because they had disobeyed God. We'll fast forward a little bit, and later in Numbers, again, the people, they're grumbling against God because they've run out of water. God has been giving them manna every day and providing water, and this day, they didn't see where the water was going to come from. And Moses and Aaron, they met with God, and God told them, go call on this rock, and water will go forth. And Moses, being frustrated with the people, as we often get ourselves, Went to the rock, but instead of calling out to it as God and putting his faith in God, he did what he had done earlier as they had been needing water. He went and he struck the rock, not once, but twice. And God saw that as, Moses, I told you just call on the rock. Call on me and and I will provide. But Moses had to try and do it in his own strength. How often do we do that ourselves? And while God forgave Moses for doing that, again, there was a consequence. Moses and Aaron would not be entering the promised land because they disobeyed God and didn't trust Him for His leading, for His providing. So, fast forward to the end of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 34. And Moses is directed by God to go to the top of Mount Nemo, Nebo, Nebo, Nebo which is right across the river Jordan from uh, Jericho. And actually from the top of the mountain, you can see almost all the land of Cana. In fact, you can see the land both east and west of the Jordan where God was going to give to them. And God said, "'This is the land which I swore to Abram, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to your offspring. I have let it see with your eyes, but you shall not go over there.'" And so Moses, the servant of the Lord, died, there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. But he, but he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day, he being God. Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eyes were undimmed and full of vigor and abated. And the people of Israel wept. Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days, and then the days of weeping and mourning were ended, and that's from Deuteronomy 34, 4 through 8. And we read there in Deuteronomy that Moses, I'm sorry, that Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses, being directed by God, had laid his hands on him, and the people followed Joshua as they did Moses. And thus closes Deuteronomy, bringing us into the book of of Joshua. So now, continuing on in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses, from the, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, "'So I will be with you. "'I will not leave you nor forsake you. "'Be strong and courageous, "'for I shall cause the people to inherit the land "'that I swore to their fathers to give to them. "'Only be strong and very courageous. "'Be careful to do according to all the law "'that Moses, my servant, has commanded you. "'Do not turn to the right hand or the left.' that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the lord your god um, yeah, for the for the lord your god is with you wherever you go. Amen. See God picks his leaders. You know, this morning we just got done taking a vote. And I will be honest with you. When we started the process many months ago, we had no clue where God was going to lead us. And even as we move through that process, as was shared in the other other building. Um, Barry was not necessarily our first candidate. We had done surveys, we had done various things, and we thought, okay, this. We had kind of this, this kind of model, as many of us do when we're looking for, okay, we're looking for this, that, and the other thing. But the amazing thing was, was how God directed that, directed that process. I think, and others can confirm me, we had somewhere between 90 and 100 different applications uh, for the position. Some of them were easy to cast aside, as we've shared. The, the Easter egg stuffer, and that was their qualifications for ministry, um, you know, those were the easy ones. But there were harder ones. There were people well-qualified. But yet God kept one reason or another saying, oh, no, not that one. Oh, this one's no longer available. We came down to three, and we said, okay, God, it looks like these three, and then from a phone interview and then Skype interview, we went, wow, God, we, we were kind of initially thinking one of these two maybe, but wow, this, this third candidate, wow, didn't see that coming. And then as we talked to that candidate again, it was like, we, we sat over in the conference room and went, wow, God, this is... This is the man you're preparing for us. And then we we called him and brought him in, and you all had a chance to talk to him. And we took the vote this morning as we've taken a time to prayer and to fast. And it became obvious that this is, as we voted, this is the man God has called to be the next pastor elder at South Point Church. Well, again, Caleb and Joshua had both been with Moses through the entire process, but God chose Joshua. For his purposes, why not Caleb? We don't know. The Bible isn't clear. But God chose Joshua. And I'll tell you today: God chose Barry. And we look forward to seeing when he comes. Let's roll back into the passage, though. And after the death of Moses, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, my servant, is dead. Kind of blunt, although after 30 days, should know that. Now therefore go. Arise, go over the Jordan. And just like Abraham, Noah, and Moses, God chooses His leaders, and then He commissions them for the work He chose for them. For Moses, He was commissioned at the burning bush, not at the Egyptian overseer. For Isaiah, He was already a prophet, right? But then God called Him beyond that with a burning coal to be His voice to the people. For Saul... God took a man who was persecuting Christians and turned him into one of the, one, one man who would go to the Gentiles and write much of our New Testament in letters that we might know God more fully. Now for our church, we look forward to a new age. Continuing on, you and all this people... Go over the Jordan, you and all those people, into the land that I is giving them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you, just as I promised Moses. From this wilderness, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, no man shall be able to stand you against you all the days of your life. Remember what I said at the preface is why this is so important. The first time they went and spied out the land, they got distracted. They saw the men in the land. Yes, it was flowing with milk and honey, but they became fearful of man, and they lost sight of God. And here God calls them again and says, No man shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Because he was telling him, I've seen your fears. I'm telling you to be strong and courageous. See, God had a mission for Joshua, and it was to lead the Israelites, and He has a mission for us. See, Joshua and the Israelites, it was about the fear of man. But they, and I want you to notice this, they were going into the land that He was giving them, current tense, but He had already promised them in the past tense. And just as He promised Moses, and He promised In the current tense as well, for no man will stand against you, not only now, but in the future. God is the the God of the past, the present, and the future. And just as He is with Joshua, He will be with us. He's the God who's seen us through the hard times. He's the God who sees us and is with us now, and He's the God who will be with us in the future. See, it continues on, and He says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And then these words, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Think of that. Think of how comforting that had to be to Joshua at that moment. Here his mentor, Moses, had been with him. Yes, he knew the consequence that was already on Moses' life. But here was God coming through and saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. May that be a comfort to, to you today, that when you face hard times, when you face struggles, the God of the universe, the God of creation looks down at you as a son, as a daughter of, him, of Christ, of Him. Your, his precious creation and says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, he calls Joshua in verse 6 to be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore the fathers to give to them. And he repeats it again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all that the law, of my servant Moses has commanded you. In fact, he says that three times here in that first part of, of Joshua. It sounds familiar to what he said to Peter, doesn't it? See, at that point, Joshua, he only had those five books that Moses left behind, the the Torah as they would be called, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But God is saying that that's all you need, Joshua, right now. You need that, all the law of God from the Ten Commandments (coughs) to… from Genesis to the Ten Commandments to, through the Levitical priesthood and and the rules, how you should build the the tent of meetings… Hired to eat and live, hired to interact with those around you. And yet, with only five books, what we'll see as they move into the land is that still the people of Israel, just like you and I do, fall short. And they need a Savior, just like you and I need a Savior. And God calls them to not turn from the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you may go. And what we'll see is, yes, as long as they're following God's path, it goes well. But when they veer, even when it's just an individual, then, then all of a sudden things start going sideways. So, how do we know today? How do we know how to pray how to choose? It's because we follow God's Word, His Bible to us. We don't just have the Torah. We now have the full Old and New Testament. Um, but God calls us to look at that road map. You know, uh, years ago, many of us would use maps, right? We had maps in the car, and we'd pull them out, and maybe even stretch them across the full windshield. Okay, where do we think we are? I think we're here. we got to get there. Um, Sometimes, some of us, we'd even get calls from our, our spouses or our friends. Hey, could you help me? I don't happen to have a map, and I'm lost. And then we'd, you know, get, get a map, pull up on something on the computer. Okay, where do you think you are? And then try and help them. Well, today, in fact, now we even have our phones. Our phones can even tell us, oh, here's where you are. Where do you want to go? Well, let's be honest. You're only going to get the right place. If you know where you're supposed to go, and how do you get there unless you look? You've you've got a maybe you've got a a wedding invitation. You're trying to get to some event, or oh, I'm supposed to be going to this, and you put that into your phone. How do we know how to live? How do we know what to do next? It's in God's word. It's in God God God's word as He revealed it, and as He speaks to us through His word and through our church. In fact, once I was going, once I was going a place, and uh, Dawn can attest to this, we were going a place, and I, I for sure knew where we were going, <laughs> and normally I'm good. Normally, this was a time where we get where we think we're going, and this was in upstate New York, and uh, yeah, I thought I'd know. I didn't pull out a map because I had been there once before, and normally that's good for me. Yeah, we get there. There's nothing there. We were about 20 miles off base. Um, So we literally had to stop and ask directions. How often do we stop and ask directions of the Lord in our life? Today, you did. Today, God is leading. Tomorrow, I pray you do the same. Open up His Word and see where He's leading you to follow Him. Because spiritually, we run the same risk. Thinking that we are headed to the right place, but not checking in with God or our map to see if we're on the right path of His making or of our own. See, I wasn't following the map because I thought I knew where we were going. And the Israelites run the same risk. Verse eight, "The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it, meditate on it day and night." so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Would you think about that for a moment? What do you, what do you qualify as success? Is it a number in the bank account? Is it a number in your retirement accounts? Is it your children? But I would ask you, is that how the Lord would qualify success? Because many people would look at this and say, oh, success is one of those things. But I would tell you success is none of those things. Success is knowing God and having a relationship with Him. That's what success is. Success is having a knowledge of Him so you can share Him with others so that they might know eternity with Him as opposed to eternity without Him. See, they're called to go into a land and possess it. They're called to push a people outside because this is the land God has given to them. And what we'll find out as we walk through this and and other books and what you see there is they didn't follow God's plan. They didn't follow God's rules. And they didn't have great success because they strayed. And the question for us as we walk and as we seek a new pastor is are we following his plans of success for us personally and for us as a church? Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. There it is again. You would think Joshua would be getting tired of having heard it. And in fact, you go back and look in, in Numbers and Deuteronomy. God keeps repeating this phrase. Be strong and courageous. See, because there's something God wants Joshua to recognize. That when we're strong and courageous in ourselves... We'll often miss the mark. But what he's trying to tell him here, as he again told Paul, or not Paul, Peter, like three times, Peter, go and feed my sheep, he said that three times. He's saying it here to Joshua multiple times. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous because we're called to be strong in Him. And notice, as we continue on in verse 9, do not be frightened. Boy, we've heard that a lot in the Gospels, didn't we? Do not be dismayed. And here's one of those key phrases in the Bible, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Soak that in for a moment. God's servant Moses is dead, been moored for 30 days, and God just doesn't say, snap out of it. Come on, Joshua, let's get going. He says, the Lord your God is with you. The God of the Tower by the Tower of Cloud by Day and the, the Pillar of Fire by Night, He is with you. You know where else we hear, hear that same phrase? Matthew one, chapter twenty three or verse twenty three: "Behold, the Virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel." which means God with us. See, all the Old Testament points toward Jesus, and Jesus is the fulfillment of that. God with us. Now God in body in Jesus. And then when He goes to leave, He says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will send a helper. He will send the Holy Spirit to live inside us again. Because it isn't just a God of religion that we serve, it's a God of relationship. And the relationship that He has with Joshua here that Jesus had with the disciples is the relationship that He's calling you and I to on a daily basis, to know that God is with you today and tomorrow and to the end. But why is He with us? It's because He's preparing us. He has work for us to do, just as He has Joshua. Work to do in leading the Israelites. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people to pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, Prepare your provisions, for in three days you are to pass over this Jordan and take possession of the land that the Lord your God will give you to possess, or is giving you to possess. Um, how many times have we all started projects? that we've run off with great excitement and then realize we've bitten off more than we can chew because we didn't take the time to prepare. If you look at the history of Israel, what you'll see as it moved out from Egypt into the wilderness and then through the time of the wilderness, every morning the cloud of God would pick up and then that's how they would know, okay, today we're going to move. And then at the end of the day, it would set down. And then the Israelites didn't move again until the cloud picked up and moved somewhere else. You know, they it would lead the way, and then they'd have the, the, the ark and the tent of meeting follow behind it, and then they'd set down, and it might be a week, it might be a day, it might be a month, it might be a year, till then it just picks up. I mean, because they had forty years to kind of get lost in the wilderness, but God knew where he was taking them. But in this case, it's interesting. God says prepare, prepare for three days. We're going to see in the next chapter why. But He's calling us to a time of preparation. Boy, we'd like, let's be honest, we'd like Barry here tomorrow. We'd like to see him here tomorrow too, but he needs to prepare his family to come. And one thing he's asked, and and Kristen talked about it, we need to prepare his house so he has some place decent to live. I don't know if any of you have worked there or if you know. uh, We had a flood over there. Lost all the flooring, um, some other damages that we need to fix, and yes, we're going to have sometimes groups there on on Thursday nights. But if you got some gifts and working in the area, and you you want to see Barry get here sooner, we need your hand to finish preparing a place for him and his family to live. Uh, Please see us after service. We'll talk. Um, But we have to do preparation. Joshua had to prepare the people. They were gonna send and what we'll see in chapter two, they sent out spies again and they wouldn't get back for three days. The spies didn't know that when they left, but they were gonna find out. But God knew. God knew there's a time of preparation, and right now we're in a time of preparation as well. So prepare. We still have things to do. They had to prepare their provisions. We have to prepare our hearts. We have to prepare a house. We need to get ready. Continue on in Joshua. And to the Reuben and the Gabonites and the ha- and the half-tribe of Nassau, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives and your little ones, your livestock, shall remain in the land Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. In this case, he's referring to the east of Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over, armed, before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives you rest. Rest to your brothers as He has you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses the servant of the Lord gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise, toward the east. So, what's going on here? See, the land is… God has prepared a land either side of the Jordan, smaller section on the, the east, most of it on the west side of Jordan. And some of the tribes, they already had their land. They had already conquered the land as they were coming to this spot. But God calls the people of Israel, just like He calls this church, to work together. To use what gifts and abilities you have been given. In the New Testament, the, the church is referred to as a body. Some of us are a hand. Some of us are a foot. I think last week I said some of us are a spleen. Um, Each of us has a role. Each of us has something we can do. In fact, we're going to be teaching an equipping class here um, on discovering your ministry. Um, Discover who you are in Christ so that you can serve your brothers and sisters in Christ and we can help prepare. Maybe, Maybe your gift isn't painting. My gift is rolling. I certainly don't do artwork. Maybe your gift, I know some of us in here are master gardeners. Maybe your gift is preparing a basket or cleaning or prayer. Use your gifts as God's given you. And if you're not sure what your gifts, talents, and abilities, we're going to be doing an equipping class to help you discover them. Because we want to be a body that works together to serve our Lord and Savior. And when we do that, our Lord is blessed. We give Him the glory and honor. And you know what? The people out there, they see it. They see it not just in the greenery. Let's be honest, all this stuff will one day pass away. They see it in your face. They see how being a part of the body encourages you because you see what God is doing and moving forward. And then those same people called back to Joshua, and they answered him, saying, "'All that you have commanded us we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses.'" Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your word, whatever command, whatever you command him shall put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Hmm. In my notes, I put, boy, they have a shorter memory than I do. Um, looking back through the timeline, they had grumbled against Moses over and over again. And here they're saying. Whatever you shall command him. If they disobey your words, whatever them shall be commanded shall be put to death. Those should be frightening words. But it talks about consequences, it talks about accountability, it talks about an intent to be one. We need, church, we need to be one. We need to work together to move forward as a body, to see Christ. God the Father, God the Son, and Christ the Son glorified here so that we might, to His glory, reach outside these doors and proclaim Him as Lord and Lord and King of kings. As we see Him working here in the body, we can tell our co-workers, our friends, our people, we bump into the grocery store about what the difference is in us. Because it's not about a home. It's not about a church. It's about structure. It's about a relationship, a relationship one to another and one to our Father and God our Savior. So, my challenge to you and to us, are you strong and courageous in Him today? What is He commanding you to do Are you spending time in His Word so that you may not go to the left and to the right? Are you sharing Him with others about the good news that He has for each and every one of us? Are you talking about the good works that God is doing here? Maybe the good works He needs to do in your heart first before He can do anything else. Because that's the relationship that matters most. Because truly, the rest of this is foolishness if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I would encourage you, if you don't yet know Him, there'll be people here in the front and people in the back who'd love to pray with you. If you want to pray, come and praise, as the band will come up here in just a moment, come and praise God or praise God from your seats as we continue in worship for the good work He's done. If you want to come and pray, just over other things. Maybe you're struggling in an area that you need encouragement to be strong and courageous. We'd love to pray with you. Let's close in prayer. Or continue in prayer, I should say. Continue worship in prayer. Father God, we thank You. Lord, we thank You for this message to be strong and courageous. And we recognize we need to be strong and courageous not in ourselves, but in You. And today we can be strong and courageous in the finished work on the cross that was stamped, finished. But then you raised you were raised from the dead, showing power over death, that we don't have an empty hope, but we have a living hope. For you are seated today at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for us, praying for us, praying over us, And God, we give you the worship and praise that you're due, asking you to guide us to be strong and courageous in you and in your name. Amen.